Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam Rodas, can you say popular podcast providers quickly? That's pretty hard. Popular podcast providers. <laughs> that wasn't that quick, but... I don't know. That's, that's good Good work there by Chris Pavona. But, uh, Ronis, I, I, I need you today, dude. Yeah, well done. I need you today, my man. I need you. I am considering quitting my home fantasy baseball league after 27 years of being in the league, Ronis. Can you believe that? Well, it sounds like either your patients are thin or you're getting old. Both. <laughs> or both. <laughs> Definitely getting old. There's, I don't know. There's a special camaraderie feeling when you've been in a league for so long. It's real difficult to leave. Uh, I think my home baseball league that I run now, uh, for the most part, it's been around since 2006. Uh, it's kind of grown along the way. Uh, we initially did the auction in person, and we didn't have a, a large contingent. Now we do it online. But you know, 27 years is a long time. I'm sure you're probably good friends with some of them. And it also is a way to keep you guys in touch as well. I think if you weren't in the league with some of these players. Oh, I wouldn't talk to half of them. I that's wouldn't. what I'm saying. So yeah. that's, and it's, I guess, the unfortunate or depending on your perspective, the positive part of society today where we do so much communicating between text and emails. Uh, and now with fantasy, I think it does bring a lot of people together and it's you know one of the few times you know i see some people when we do drafts in person and uh i just think it creates a, a good bond and especially when you've been in the league for so long it would be difficult for me to leave no you know i always joke that uh people were thin at one time people had hair they were thin you know and they didn't have kids and now it's like everybody's uh, old fat with kids who are like teenagers but i mean we've known each other since 1992 some guy there's probably like five of us of the original 15 still around pretty amazing right the other yeah. 10 have come in and out maybe three or four joined within the next three years so i'd say there's about maybe eight out of the 15 teams who've been there since maybe 1995. It's pretty good. Yeah, and I think that will happen along the way. There are certain people where it doesn't fit their lifestyle, their job, their kids. Now, I don't know if it's daily or weekly. Uh, is this a daily or weekly transaction? It's a weekly transaction. See, yeah, so, I think with weekly, there's less excuses. I mean, you run the waiver wire probably Sunday night. You set your yep. lineup Monday. Yep. And, you know, you don't really, outside of trades, you don't need to do much the rest of the week. Now, you do have to follow the game and the box scores and everything Well, th this is on. an auction league, and it's a keeper league, and you can keep as many guys as you can fit under the cap. You know, so there's so there's rules, and then we have you know the normal t twenty three man rosters, and then we've got a, a reserve round, so people can you know go get the kids, you know get the minor leaguers. But here's what's throwing me over the edge. So, and it always comes down to trading, Adam. It just does. So, I offer this guy Robbie Ray 
at $6, who's going to be 11 and Trey Mancini, who's a pig. I mean, he's six going to 11. For Shane Bieber, who's three going to eight, and CJ Cron, who's like three going to eight. Now, I think this is a fa- it's not, not, not out of control. I think Ray's better than Bieber, but Bieber's a good young player. Cron and Mancini are just throw ins, whatever. So, okay, that's the trade offer. He sends me an offer back Bieber and Cron for Blake Snell. Seriously? Yeah, I mean, look, it's a bad offer, but what do you, that's going to happen, and people are just going to test and see if they can get something. It happens to all of us. Even people know what you do, and they know what I do, and you still get these ridiculous offers. I mean, you can – I think you have to get to the point where you just can't take it personal because I have the same reaction sometimes, too. I'm like, really? Do these people know what I do? I mean, So I, I, lo- I lost my, my SH blank blank, okay? <laughs> I did. I lost it. So and I, at first I was going to go off, and I decided not to. So I wrote this guy an email, and I, and I dialed it down, and I said, look, why don't you try offering me a trade that you were due if you were me, right? And I said, this is why we're, we can't come to an I said, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but just this is why we've never made a deal with each other. I just didn't know what to do at this point. How, how could I, in good conscience, ever offer Bieber and Cron for Blake Snell? I wouldn't do that to somebody. I'd be ashamed. Right. If someone posted that on the scoutfantasysports.com message board, we'd be like, guys, what are you doing? You know, have some respect. That guy is not going to take the offer. And I would say, hey, if you want to offer it, fine, but you're probably going to offend the guy if he has any sense of a brain or, or knows baseball at all. So it happens in every league. You get those insulting deals. And the goal is to eliminate that because you're wasting time. The likelihood of someone accepting is very slim. And even if they do, now the whole league is going to be like, what the hell is going on? How can you accept that trade? So you can save a lot of time by not offering these crappy trades. And yes, it can be frustrating. And you can either just reject it and move on. You could write something wise. You can counter with a stupid offer. Uh, But it doesn't make sense just to waste a lot so, of energy on it. I, I wish I could find this for you. Wait, i got to find this one for you. This, is, this was another thing that set me off yesterday. It's under my deleted items here. It may take me a second, but uh, please hold. Please continue to hold. This was some dude yesterday who has basically nobody to protect Ronas. Oh, I here love it those is. teams. Here I is, look yeah. to make trades with them, and I'm like, damn, they have no one I want. Okay. Right, all right. This is great. Okay, so he offers Christian Yelich. This is, this is his guy. He goes, okay, it's no secret that I don't have keepers for next year except for one stud multi-year keeper in Yelich. I'm going to trade him to a team that will offer me top players at value for him. The more, the merrier. That's the only way I would move him and don't offer crappy players. I want top players at value. You have one guy. You have one guy, and there's a rule in our league. You have to keep at least six. What am I going to do? Give him seven players for Christian Yelich? Well, how much is Yelich? I don't even know. I don't know if I even care. I mean, I can check one moment. I just It just set me off when he said that. Basically, it's like, please, I only want to rip you off. So don't bother sending me a trade unless you will let me rip you off. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't look at it like that. All right, hold on. Yelich, I'll tell you how much Yelich is. How much, what, what's a great price for, Ye- for Yelich? Uh, I have him in my keeper league, and this year oh. he will cost me, uh, I got to add, I got to see, I forgot how much. Uh, he will cost me this year 20 bucks. All right, so Yelich is going to be 30 in my league. That's okay. not even a great price, dude. No, but if you throw him back in the auction with inflation, he'll definitely go higher. 
Right, sure. but I mean, you th- look. If you told me three dollars, I tell you, I'd, right. I'd, I'd give well, you five yeah, guys. Well, yeah, if he's right? thirty, you're not going to get three, four good values for him. You might get, you'll be fortunate to get two players, you know, in the ten to fifteen range that are not first round picks. And you, right. you know, and in this guy's case, he's got to decide. All right, well, you have to keep six. You said, yeah. Oh wow, yeah. That's good luck with that. Oh man, I I know. I look at some C in my league. You don't have to keep. There's no minimum, so there are some teams that are going to be fortunate. But what it does is it, it forces some teams to make trades. You have a few teams that have more options than they can keep, and then you you it makes sense to make a trade. Yeah. At that point. I mean, but it's just like I know this sounds crazy. I think because of my football leagues with the, with no trading, I think I'm just feel like done on these trading leagues. So this league grown us because I, I got Ed Kiss into this league right a couple of years ago. Okay. Right. And I got this guy, Earl. Remember Dirty Vegas? He's in the league now. So I feel like I brought in people and they're good owners. Both those guys are good owners. But this league is like over $500 to play, dude. And to make bad trades and get bad offers, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Look, I mean, there's two ways to look at it. Obviously, in the high stakes leagues, if you don't want trading, you go there. You don't have to worry about it. But I do think trades are a fun element of the game. And in keeper leagues, though, it, it can be frustrating. You're going to see trades that you're going to be like, really? But it's part of it. It's just like real baseball. When you have teams that are not in contention near the trade deadline and they're dumping, it's going to be the same thing in a keeper league. So, But in an expert have- league, they never dump. And in a high-stakes league, they never dump because people don't dump because they don't care for next year. So there's never a dump. Well, it's, yeah, and that's, it's not a keeper league, though. Right. But the problem in keeper leagues, and you've seen this over the years, is that some dude who's dumping can ruin a league. Yeah, but at the same time, he's trying to get either cheap players or minor league draft picks for the next year. So trust me, I'm always in contention in my league. There's only one year since we've done this in 2006 that I actually dumped. And I'll be only one year. So every year I'm in contention. And yeah, the teams around me have made ridiculous trades where they're getting studs and they're giving up like a cheap you know, keeper for three, four bucks. Maybe they're getting a minor league pick or minor league prospect. And it hurt me, but that's part of it. I understand that because, you know, I have to do the same as well. And it forced me one year to, in order to win to give up a cheap Nolan Arenado. And I had to give him up because the, all the teams around me were stockpiling players. And right, but, a but if, a guy ma- if a guy makes a dump deal, let's say a guy gets a two for one. I have to make a worse, a bigger dump deal than you do to do better than that guy. So my argument is every dump deal that comes after the next dump deal is worse and worse and worse and worse. Not necessarily. It depends. But you have to look at it from the other team's perspective. They're out of it. They have nothing to play for. They're not in the money. What are they supposed to do? Just stand pat? Their goal no. is to put them in position to make right, sure they don't that care. they can go. Right. You'll give up five players for Mike Trout, would you not, if you were dumping? Yeah, and that's part of it. And look, if you don't like that, you, you just don't play in that format. You have that's to understand that's what I'm trying that's to say to you, Adam. I think but I you've been playing in this for all these years. So why does it bother you now when it's been the same thing? Does your team suck and now you feel no, like... No, no, my team's not bad. If I so told then, you my team, you'd be like, oh, it's a pretty good team. But I don't I, understand why all of a sudden now this is a problem for you when you've been playing in this format for 27 years. You understand the parameters and dynamics of it. Because I think it. it's been building and building and building. And my annoyance is just building. And... You know, I like the high stakes things where make a good draft, pick up some guys, be done with it. All right, yeah, then you can do it and just play in those leagues. Then, I well, mean, if it was know, 100 bucks, maybe I wouldn't care. But it, you know, at 550 seashells, dude, that's a lot of money. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's different for everyone, and for some people, that is a lot of money. Some people won't even play in leagues of more. I try to raise the price of my league, and I got some pushback on it. I'm like, geez, man. How much uh, is your But I understand league? everyone's different, but yeah, I mean, if you don't Because your whole like, league was $2,000, that's why. Yeah, no, <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, that's that's what the high-stakes leagues are for and, you know, to prevent the collusion. And, you know, they're usually redraft leagues anyway. So, But the keeper element is fun, too. But if it's no longer fun for you, then I understand. But I think I that's what stick. it is. I think it's I think it's I, I know it sounds terrible to say this. I just think it's becoming less and less fun. It was really, really fun maybe for the first 10 or 15 years. And then the last 10 years, it just doesn't, doesn't feel as fun anymore. And now I feel like I'm doing the league just because I've been doing it forever. Yeah, then that's it's not great. And trading does require effort, too, and research. It does take time. You know, a lot of times I'm really not sending trades out, offers out a lot because it, it really does take a lot of time because, you know, you don't want to insult someone. And you have to really look at their team and say, okay, what do they need? And sometimes there's a perfect fit. And then some people will send out an offer like, hey, I would like to make a trade. And I'm like... There's nothing on your team I want. Like, there's one guy in my league, he trades incessantly. No joke. He just loves to trade. And it helped. One year he won the league, but the other years he hasn't won. And I, I had he must have made – he could have made 100 trades last year. I mean, it's really that crazy. And, you know, he'll send me like, hey – Does he win? Does he win? He won it once. Last Does he year, come in the money? Does he come in the money? Uh, I think he's been in the league, is it three years now maybe? And I think he's come in twice in the money. But it's And it's approach that I think is ridiculous. But I guess it did work one year. And it's just trade-off after trade-off. And in an auction, it's all spends all the money on the high-priced guys and then has like 15 $1 players. And I'm like, what? Yeah, but gets that, all that, these... that, every, every few years, that guy can win with that strategy. Well, then he trades too. So he'll take right. the high-priced guys and trade. Like... To me, that that's like crazy amount of work. Like you are pretty, you you're already digging yourself a hole where you know you have to put in a lot of work to get this done. So right, but stars and scrubs is interesting because if your stars are good and then your one dollar scrubs pan out, you can trade them for good players, and now all of a sudden you're going to win. Right, but if three of your stars get hurt, yeah, you're then done. you're in you're trouble. Yeah, so you know, there's, I usually don't use that approach. I don't either, but I have seen it work in the past. It can. I, I mean, I, yeah. I, I'll say any any strategy can work. It really can. You know, that's why when people say, oh, I do it this way. No, you can do it in a multitude of ways. You know, you can. You don't have to take an ace starting pitcher early. You know, I've seen teams that don't, and it's about hitting on those breakouts late. And if you got a few of them last season, like Blake Snell, like Trevor Bauer, you could have won. Right. I, I don't know. I just I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to. I, I need like fancy. I, I think what's honest. happened to you, Doc, is you've gotten yeah, so me, used to the football where there's no trades, and you've done well that that's come your base now. And you're like, I just want to set my lineup, draft, make waiver wire pickups, and that's it. I don't want to be bothered with trades in my mail in my inbox, and then I get I, stupid I, offers see, and I get frustrated. The thing is, I like trades. I do. I don't like bad trades, and I don't like to feel. Dude, but I'm you know, a lot of Dr. times we Roto, don't. Come on! But a lot of times we don't know if it's a bad trade. It, we could look at it at that time and say that's awful, and revisit it in a year or two, and it actually wasn't that bad. So for us to judge at that time, okay. But we is know wrong. Shane Bieber and CJ Cron for Blake Snell's bad. We know that it's right now. But what if Shane Bieber comes out this year and has a Mike Clevenger year? Is it as bad? And what if Blake Snell gets hurt? 
Would you? All right, let me ask you that. Do well, I think it's bad now? Yes, but would you? I mean, I have Blake Snell really for, for like twelve dollars and Bieber's eight dollars. I mean, Blake Snell's a twenty-five dollar pitcher. Right, he is. Bieber's eight is literally an eight dollar pitcher. Maybe ten. No, yeah, no, it's not, it's not a good trade. But I'm saying right. But I'm saying I don't I don't get just one of those offers. I literally get out of the league. So let's put it this way, and I'm sure you could relate to this. So there's 15 guys in the league. Five teams don't even trade. They don't even trade, dude. You can't even yeah, find those them. Those are the donators. They just basically yeah. pay the league fee. They're like crypt keepers, dude. I don't even know where they are. They're, they're like skeletons. You can't find them. Then there's five guys who are great that you trade it. Then there's five guys who are insane, and I couldn't make a deal with them if I wanted to. Yeah, I mean, just either reject their trades, don't waste your energy, or you could just say, hey, look, this is not a fair offer. I would love to make a trade with you, but you got to be fair. This is not working. I know, I know. But you know what I say every year, Adam? I look at my team, I go, all right, this is my last year. My team is good. I'll stay for one more year. And that's, that's how I've been doing for the last 10 years. <laughs> well, you feel you have a shot to win this year and contend? I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I know people are dying to hear about this. I'll give you the team, and you'll tell me whether these guys are worth keeping or whether I should just get out and save you the trouble of me complaining for the next three months. Okay, I'm sure is you'll still complain anyway. What's that? <laughs> You'll still complain anyway. I will, but I'll complain more if I stay in it. All right, we're Scout Fantasy Sports. We're talking fantasy baseball. We'll be back right after this. It's calling the shots. Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl hero, defensive end from the Eagles, Brandon Graham. How many times have you watched your strip sack from last year in the Super Bowl? Man, uh, you know, leading up to this game right now, I mean, after we lost, I watched it a couple times. It just kind of feel better, you know, about the loss against the Saints. Uh, so, it, 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 you know, it's, it's probably over... Uh, Probably over thousands of times for sure. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Weekdays, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called... The IRS. And they are able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy, and I'm happy too. Thanks, tax doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-215-1727. 800-215-1727. That's 800-215-1727. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, we're back. 
for Scout Fantasy Sports, Dr. Roto, along with Adam Ronas. And Ronas, can you tell everybody out there the amazing deal we're offering for baseball? Absolutely. It's not even just for baseball, but if you want to get the fantasy baseball draft kit, then this is the deal for you because you can get 50% off your first two months if you become a member of ScoutFantasySports.com right now. Just use the promo code BATS50 only for people that listen to this show, and you'll get 50% off your first two months. And our fantasy baseball draft kit content has already begun to roll out. In-depth team profiles from Sean Childs. He's done the AL East, AL Central. Now he's in the AL West. You can get a free sample of the Orioles and Red Sox. Dr. Otto has the first eight rounds FSTA draft review. Um, my latest is a look at Sonny Gray. Now that he's left the Yankees, gone to the Reds, what does it mean for his fantasy Do like value? Him? Do you like him this year? I like the price. I took him in an NFBC uh, draft championship recently in round 17. Oh, I um, like that. I like that. Yeah, because, man, his numbers at Yankee Stadium were awful. And, awful. He, and I know Great American Ballpark was number one in home runs last year. But Sony keeps the ball on the ground. He's like a 50% ground ball rate. And I just think that some people just can't pitch in New York. And for whatever reason, it didn't work for him. And I think because of the stadium and in the booze and everything, like he was just trying to nibble and he was trying to be too fine. I mean, the sample last year is small, but you could see that he just wasn't as good as home. So I think going to Cincinnati, he's reunited with his uh, college pitching coach. There won't be as much pressure. pressure. He signed the contract. I do think the Reds lineup is pretty good. They made some additions. So his price right now, yeah, because that's a guy that could rebound maybe to the levels that we've seen in the past, especially if he uses that slider more often. I like him as maybe a sixth starter, you know, in a fifth or sixth starter. You can get lucky there if I, if I wait on pitching a little bit. I think he's, a, he's an interesting name because he knows how to win games, right? He is a good pitcher. He just had some bad luck. Yeah, and I just think uh, some it just didn't work for him in New York. And some guys just put a lot of pressure on themselves. You know, the boos, you hear them. And some guys just can't pitch through it. And you could tell the body language, he just wasn't the right fit. He needed to get out of New York. And there won't be no uh, pressure on him pitching in Cincinnati. Absolutely. All right, Rona. So here's the team. I'm not going to give you everybody who's not keepable. I'll just give you the keepable guys. Remember, 15 teams, mixed league. Freddie Freeman will be $31. Got to keep him, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, you would know the inflation better, you but gotta I got to think with the yeah. savings, he'll, he'll go yeah. for quite a bit more. Ronet Odor 20, will be 25 That's close. I mean, he does got the power and speed. You got to see if the average can boost a little bit. Jesus Aguiar will be 6 yeah, you're keeping him. Paul DeJong will be 14. Yeah, and they uh, recently came out and said he could hit third. That would be a big boost for his fantasy value. Willie Calhoun, I'm not going to keep, but he'd be six. But yeah, I do like the hitter. Yeah, I, I, I do too. Uh, I just don't know what they plan to do with him to start the year, but he's a guy that I would take like very late in a draft just because we're not sure where he's going to be, and obviously not being a good defender does not help his cause, but he can hit, and I think he last year... Last he hasn't year, learned is, yet. He hasn't learned how to hit yet, but he can hit. Yes. Yeah. Corey Dickerson will be seven. Okay. I'm saying no, but he's on the fence. Randall yeah, Grechuk is on 11. Is 11. He's on the fence, too. Yeah, power's there, but you know, still very aggressive at the plate. Eddie Rosario, 13, no-brainer. Yes, easy. Lourdes Gurriel, six. I don't, I'm going to lean no. Okay. Matt Olson, 11, for sure. Yeah. 
Okay. Then Franchi Cordero at six. You like him? Uh, not right now. That outfield is too crowded uh, unless they make a move. Jake Bowers at 15. Mm, that's close. I mean, he's going to play every day. A little power, a little speed. Yeah. Don't you Don't think you can it, get right? him cheaper? I do, but it depends on when his name comes in the draft. Right. Okay, now the pitching's very good. Jose Alvarado will be six. Okay. Luis Castillo will be 11. Mm-hmm. Patrick Corbin will be 10. Oh, nice. Roberto Osuna will be 22. Okay. Bl- Blake Snell will be 12. Mm-hmm. Jamison Tyon will be 13. Wow. Drew Steckenrider will be eight. It's a great staff, mm. dude. Yeah, no, you got some good arms there that are cheap that would go for double right. the price, even more than double. So, yeah. So, that's, I mean, that's why I'm considering staying in this jerko league because I've got like eight star pitchers and I got like five or six good hitters and I just put all my money into hitting at the draft. I, I, I see I'm torn, Adam. I, I'm going to be miserable. I'm going to complain to you literally daily. And I don't know if it'll be worth it. Yeah. Uh, Thoughts? You have to think about that. I mean, I would want to go in there with the team. I know. <laughs> I know, right? That's what I say every year. The t- I mean, th- that pitching staff, I could win with that, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, Castillo, it's a good Corbin, Snell, Tyon, four good starters. And I got three closers. Even if you hate Steckenrider, I still got to protect him at $8, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, closers are a 15-team league. Just so difficult to come by and probably probably do. I know, right? So it's, it's, I'm very conflicted here. Very conflicted. And, and enough decent hitters between Freeman, Odor, Aguiar, DeJong, you know, Rosario, Matt Olson. I also have Brian Dozier, who I really like, but he's going to be 30 bucks. That's crazy. Yeah, especially coming off the year he had. I mean, I think he's he's a value in drafts right now, but you should be able to get him cheaper in a draft. Right. I mean, I'm a big Brian Dozier fan. So in the FSTA, I was a little surprised because he went, let me see where he went, Adam. He went in round seven. For which draft? FSTA. I'm Dozier, for, round seven. Was it round seven? Yeah, yeah. round seven. I was praying that he was going to make it back to me in round eight. Am I, am I wrong? Is he going to go in like round six or seven when it's all said and done? Um, I thought, well, he was going later, obviously, before he signed. Uh, I think it really kind of depends on the draft room. Uh, I thought he would go a little bit later, too, coming off the down year. Again, I think he did land in a really good spot, and depending where he hits in the order. So he'll probably be... In that range, I think, because people will start to say, well, he was hurt last year. He played through the knee injury. But then others are going to be like, well, he's a second baseman getting older, and maybe this is the time where he declines. But I don't think so. I think he still has a a good year in him, and especially in this lineup. Yeah, I like him. I I mean, how many guys? I know he's not an average hitter, but the guy could hit 25 to 30 home runs. It's possible. He could steal 15 to 20 bases, and he can score 80 runs. I mean, outside the average, he's a pretty darn good player. Yeah, and last year he said he played through a knee injury the entire year. So that clearly was a factor. Have you seen the, the draft recently? I took a few guys. Do you like these guys here from rounds 14 through 17 that I took? Uh, yeah, DeJong, obviously, with uh, the ability to potentially hit third in that lineup is good. I uh, don't love Carlos Santana. I mean, kind of 
boring pick there. I know he's going back to Cleveland. Uh, and you already had a first baseman. So was that your corner? Yeah, he was my, I thought he was the last good solid hitter at that, at that spot. Because then the drop-off was immense. Okay, I like the Lizardo pick, round 17. Yeah, obviously. Like Mar- you like Kettle Marte, too? Uh, he's okay. I mean, I, I expect him to do better, and he just never does. I like loser- getting back to Lizardo. This Actually, though, uh, so you took, I, I would have taken Kepler. Ooh, instead of Marte. Yeah. It's funny. I liked all of those um, outfielders who went right after Marte. Yeah, Renfro also. Renfro, Winker, and Kepler, I liked them all, and I really wanted any one of them on the way back. I guess the reason I took Marte was for a little flexibility because he's going to qualify at three different positions. Yes. Right? So that's kind of intriguing to me, but you know, I, that's more intriguing in draft champions than I guess, guess it is in this league. Yeah, that draft champions, it's really important. I look for that more. I mean, it matters in any league, but especially in draft champions where you can't make any moves. That's your team for the year. You know you're going to be hit with injuries, and when you have the flexibility to move several players around – it's a real benefit and uh, something that I've done in my latest one with, uh, you know, Cody Bellinger, Will Myers, you know, a guy like Astrubal Cabrera has a lot of uh, flexibility. So those players really get a little bit of a boost. Hernan right? Perez I got late. He qualifies everywhere. So when you have a few of those guys, it just really gives you more flexibility. It's really something you need to pay attention to in all leagues, but especially in the draft champions. All right. I want to talk briefly about Winker and Renfro. Okay. Does it worry you when certain teams, and, and let me give people out there a, a better sense of what I'm talking about. So if I go right now to the San Diego Padres depth charts, you've got Will Myers, you've got Manuel Margot, you've got Franchi Cordero, you've got Franmil Reyes, and Hunter Renfro. Do you worry that Renfro may not play every day, Adam? I mean, he's a good hitter, but there's a, I just named you five guys who are good. Yeah, it's the concern right now for when you're looking at the, the Padres and when you're trying to figure out who to draft in the outfield. Uh, I would, I'm would, i thinking Renfro is going to play after his great second half and the big power that he has. I mean, the, the Padres are rumored in a lot of deals. You're hearing Moustakis, Machado is a dark horse, so there's going to be some moves to be made. They've also been rumored to potentially trade some of these guys for a Corey Kluber. I'm not sure what the hell the Indians are doing. Because that is a division that they can win, and they have the pitching. But that outfield is putrid right now. they got to do something. But, yeah, when you look at what they have in the outfield, it's, they've already said Will Myers is playing in the outfield. So that's right. locked up. I think Renfro plays. So then that leaves center field. Uh, they got Margot. They have Franchi I named you three guys, though. Franchi and, and Reyes, Reyes. They're all good. Yeah, right. they're good. And, and they even have Travis Jankowski, too. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I think it's tough. I mean, I, I know Myers is going to play. So I'm not worried about that. And I think the next guy would be Renfro. But, yeah, they, they, they might decide, hey, if they don't make any moves, you know, they can platoon guys. Right. So, And I'm going to go now to the Reds. You've got Scott Shebler. You've got Yasiel Puig. You've got Matt Kemp. You've got Jesse Winker. You've got Philip Irvin. I like I argue that Nick Senzel could end up in the outfield, too. So it's not that I don't like Jesse Winker. I love Jesse Winker. But is he guaranteed for 550 at-bats this year? No, he's not. I mean, the thing with the Reds, they – acquired a lot of players on one-year deals so they probably will be making moves i mean i think they're hoping to be competitive early and then see where it goes and in that division it's going to be tough now they did revamp the pitching staff in a major way but maybe they um move some of these guys uh along the way but you know puig's gonna play every day uh i don't know if kemp plays every day they'll probably in there uh, most of the time 
in left field. Would you go like Shebler Kemp? Would you do because Shebler against righties and Kemp against lefties? Uh, they could do that, and then they got to decide if they want to play Winker uh, every day. So I think the Reds have done a very good job of fixing that starting rotation. But if you ever wonder why the Yankees always are competitive, look at that bullpen. When you look at that Reds bullpen, Jared Hughes, David Hernandez, Amir Garrett, Mike Lorenzen, it's not special. You know, the starting staff is better. Castillo and Wood and Sonny and Roark and T. Scalfani, that's actually respectable. But, I mean, I, those guys are going to have to throw seven, eight innings every time. I just don't love that bullpen getting to Iglesias. And that's the problem with a lot of teams. You look at their bullpens, and then you look at the Yankees' bullpen, it's absolutely oh. disgusting. I mean, they could have their starters go four innings the way they are built right <laughs> I now. I think they probably should. It's I mean, look, really... Chad Green could go. Chad Green is like their fifth best guy in the bullpen, dude. That's how good they are. Look, look, they have Chapman, who's been a successful closer. Betances, we know he can close. He's been dominant. Britton has had some great seasons as a closer. Adovino can close. Conley, I mean this this bullpen is just absolutely sick. If they get any, uh, they get five innings out of their starters, they're in good shape. Uh, it's just a filthy bullpen. You 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 better not be trailing late in the game against the Yankees, or you're in trouble. I mean, look, I know you're not a Yankee fan, but I'm telling you this. Yankee fans have to be excited about this. I was talking to my dad, who's a huge Yankee fan. My dad doesn't really know Zach Britton and Adam Adovino, right? He just knows the Yankees. I'm like, do you have any idea how good these guys are? And, of course, he's like, no. I go, just trust me. The game gets in the sixth inning. It's over. I mean, you could see Adovino in the sixth inning with that nasty slider. Britton in the (laughs) seventh, but Tances in the eighth. I mean... (laughs) And even if Chapman, if there's concerns about him and he's not completely healthy, all right, fine. You slide everyone up and you'll be fine. I'll throw Zach Britton in there. Now, the big problem is for the Red Sox, I think that's the Red Sox problem right now. I don't think that bullpen. See, Greg Kimbrell, Craig Kimbrell made that team better. Losing him, I think, is a big loss, dude. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. Obviously, still unsigned, and uh, they probably are are, going to have to bring him back. to solidify the back end of that bullpen. Um, you know, they do, they still have some good arms, but it's not close to what the Yankees have. Well, right. I mean, look, the starting rotation is still good, but, I mean, you feel good about Heath Hembree and Matt Barnes and Tyler Thornburg? You think you're going deep in October with that? No, and we see that bullpens change constantly, and you always see arms acquired at the deadline that all of a sudden over the last two months just uh, perform well. And, and that's the one thing, year to year with bullpens, we rarely see consistency. We always see a couple of arms, actually quite a few that just were like, wait a second, what happened? He sucked for like the last three years. Now all of a sudden, his ERA's in the twos and he's throwing 97. So it happens quite often in the bullpen. That's why it's one area where you can fortify during the season. All right, so let's talk about the bullpen for fantasy purposes right now. Let's talk about, you know, I'm doing the FSTA draft right now. You know, it's what, 29 rounds, right? And you need nine pitchers. Is there ever a time where you would just use one, maybe two, probably one spot on an Ottavino or a Britain, like just a good, solid guy who gets holds, even though he's not going to get saves? Do you waste a spot on a really good uh, guy in the bullpen or no? I don't want him in my starting lineup if I don't have to. Obviously, if I have a ton of injuries or I'm weak at closer, then I might have to plug him in like a Patances because in a given week, if it's a weekly league, Patances could pitch four innings, get 10Ks, not give up a run. So you could help those ratios. Uh, the reason why I want those guys on my roster is in the hopes that they eventually take over as the closer, whether it's the closer in front of them gets injured so I'll do that in, in a league where I got, you know, like a Tout Wars, where we also have 29 rounds 
six bench spots, you know, I'll, I'll have a, especially earlier in the year, since we usually do the draft in March, you know, I'll always speculate with the extra reliever or two in the hopes that they land the closing gig, even potentially by the beginning of the year. So I want those guys on my bench. Ideally, I don't want them in my lineup if I don't have to. If I but what about a guy who you know is not going to get saves? I'm, I'll use Adovino, right? Because I've got to think that if something happened to Chapman, Adovino's not the next guy up. But you know his numbers could be sick. Is, do you, it's like remember Scott Shields in the day. Do you, are you willing to take guys like that, or do you want a guy who is like the next man up? Is that more important to you? Yeah, it's all about opportunity, and I want to get those saves. So uh, Adovino, to me, is behind in the pecking order. He's got several guys in front of him. So as good as he can be, um, I, I wouldn't want to waste a spot on him unless it was AL only. All right, that's that's fair. Well, who's behind? Who's the Mets guy behind uh, Diaz? Familiar. That's pretty good. That was. A good, do you? I, I mean, that seems a little wasteful to put the resources there, but he was pretty darn good. I mean, do you like that little back end there? Yeah, I mean, I, I know a lot of people who Mets fans who don't like Familiar for some reason. I guess they. I would have a huge argument with one of my friends, and I was going over all the numbers. He's like, he didn't come through in the big spot. I'm like, like a couple of those runs against the Royals won hurt. Now the home run against Gordon obviously was big, right. but. Familiar, it's not like he was put into some tough spots, too. Daniel Murphy made an error. So, uh, I don't I'm hate fine. him. I think he's better than most. Yeah, I think he is, too. And he's fine as a setup man. Right. And maybe he'll, he'll thrive in that kind of role. Yeah. I mean, he's shown he can close out games. So, now pitch the eighth inning. Why not? Absolutely. All right. We're Scout Fantasy Sports. We're coming back with a little bit more fantasy baseball right after this. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS, WeatherTech.com. Proudly made in America. Game time decisions. Cam, I you know I love Cam, but he is somewhat of a hypochondriac, a little bit. <laughs> like he always thinks he has like something that he doesn't. You know what I mean? Or like, you know, you know, if he has the cold, or he's not feeling well, then he's got strep throat. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what strep throat is? Strep throat's serious. Like, it's not. It's not even a throat infection. It's not even. A, I don't know why they call it strep throat. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Round and round, round and 
All right, we're back. We're Scout Fantasy Sports, Dr. Roto, along with Adam Ronis. And if you like to wager on sports, or maybe you never have and you like to try, head on over to Bet DSI. They have wagering options for almost any sport you can think of, including sides, totals, and player props, where you can utilize your daily fantasy skills without salary cap constraints. You can even wager on esports, politics, and reality TV, or get an edge with live betting at BetDSI, where you can wager virtually anytime during a contest, capitalizing on in-game circumstances. There are so many ways you can make money, so use the promo code FNTSY101 when signing up and get a 100% bonus deposit match. So head on over and open your account at BetDSI. That's promo code FANTASY, F-N-T-S-Y, 101 to get your 100% bonus deposit match. Now, I'm not dissing the bonus deposit match, Adam, but I think we need to explain to everybody out there, just because you deposit $10 doesn't mean you get $10 immediately from them back. You know that, right? Yes. I didn't know that. Did I ever tell you this story? I don't know if you did. Oh, you, you, might, you probably did. What was that split before? Not Star Street. What was the other one? Um, Draft Street? Yes. Yeah. So they had a whole thing where if you put in money, you got the 100%. So I put in 100 bucks, right? I was like, where's my other 100? She goes, no, no, that's not what it is. You get it up to like 5% at a time up to what you put in. Did you know that? I uh, wasn't sure of the exact details. Never really looked into Let's it. just put it this way. I would have been 137 years old before I saw that. <laughs> so I went a little crazy on the phone, as you know that I, I, I've done that once or twice in my life. And I got my 100 bucks. You did? I did. Wow. Yeah. Well, because I just was a little, uh, I, I thought I was misled. I, you know, I think that, I, look, I, and they do, I, I, look. I think all these places that give you the bonus deposit are great, and I like them, and I support them. I just think they need to do a better job of explaining that to people who sign up so they understand exactly how and when you get that deposit match. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's fair. You know, I don't like a screwing common man, Adam. I'm always looking out for other people, Adam. You know that, right? Absolutely. You're a a people's person. Man of the people. That's right. All right. Adam Ronis, Bryce Harper might be going to the Phillies. Do we like that for the Phillies? Do we love that for the Phillies? I think it's a great spot for him. Yeah, it's a great spot. It's a great hitter's park, uh, and he'll fit in perfectly. knows the division well. So we're still waiting to see if this happens, and Harper has fallen to the second round in a lot of leagues this year. And I don't think it's because he doesn't have a home. I just think that people are, are concerned about, okay, what is Bryce Harper? Because – We've seen him all over the place. I mean, just look at his average the last four years. 330, 243, 319, 249. He's really essentially returned first value, first round value once. Now, he was probably headed there two years ago when he got hurt. He was on a ridiculous pace. Uh, I think people still worry about the injuries, although, you know, 147 games at least in three of the last four years. So not as concerned, but uh, it feels like he should be better. I think he has one 100 RBIC. That I remember saying that before last year. He's never had 100 RBIs. He got there last year. At the same time, he's only 26 years old, and he came up real early. So to get him in the second round, I think, is, uh, is appealing. Yeah, I, I took him at number nine and two years ago in FSTA. That's how much I liked him. But my problem with the Phillies is I'm just going to give you names here. Nick Williams, Roman Quinn, Odubel Herrera, Scott Kingery. They got a lot of Jags, Ronas. Just a guy. A lot of guys out there. Yeah, in the outfield they do. They're just kind of like... Well, they do have Andrew McCutcheon now, which I, I actually like that addition. Right. So where do, where's Harper play? Left or center? Uh, you could probably right. So you move McCutcheon over? Yeah. 
Move McCutcheon to left. So McCutcheon goes to left. You keep Herrera in center? Yeah. Is, do, you, do you like Herrera? I think I'm very down on him. For fantasy? Yeah, I like, I mean, look, I like him. But, you know, maybe I was delusional. I thought he was a 20-20 guy. He just doesn't seem to put those numbers up. It's, he either does one or the other. He doesn't do both at the same time. Yeah, not a very sharp player either. He makes a lot of stupid base running mistakes. He just yeah. doesn't seem like he's very cerebral. Uh, yeah, I don't think That's you a can... nice way of saying knucklehead. Yeah, you can't. The stolen bases are just not there anymore. He had eight two years ago and just five last year. So he's just not running as much anymore. And that looked to be a part of his game a couple years ago. In 2016, he had 25 stolen bases. Yeah, he's just he's not a special fantasy player because the average is not great, not elite power. So and especially now, have you seen him live? I've seen him live. He's not a speedster body. He's a big dude. He's a big guy. Yeah, he's, he's like, why, too? Yeah. So when I saw Herrera down, because I see him in spring training, like, oh, let me see Ronald Herrera. And I'm like, oh, my God, he looked like a mountain. I was shocked. I was like, there's no way this guy's stealing 25 bases anymore. He's also going to hit towards the bottom of the order, so that's going to hurt his counting stats. At one point, you know, we had him in the top three, but with the way they're built now, he's not going to hit near the top. What about Roman Quinn as a fantasy sleeper there? If he gets the opportunity, he can run, but... You know, especially if they get Harper, I don't see the path to playing time. But he is someone to keep an eye on during the season in draft champions leagues. You know, real late uh, potential source of speed. He is 25 years old. But, yeah, he can run. He put up some good stolen base numbers in the minor leagues. And we did see him briefly in the majors last year. He stole 10 bases in 50 games. So, you know he can run. Now, in football, I... I know people get caught up in, remember Alvin Kamara, well, he's third on the depth chart. He's never going to play, and eventually talent wins out. I look at Scott Kingery and say, this guy's a pretty decent player. Last year we all liked him, but he's blocked. Hernandez at second, Segura's at short, Franco's at third, the outfield's crowded. There's no spot for Scott Kingery. Does that make him a guy you don't take, or is that just a guy you stash in the reserve round hoping for an injury? Yeah, I think you could stash him in the reserve round. I mean, he was disappointing. People were excited for him last year, and once he got signed by the Phillies and they gave him that deal, they said, okay, that means he's going to play all the time. And he really didn't. You know, he appeared in 147 games, but uh, 452 at-bats as they tried to put him in different positions. And that was probably a factor. I mean, when you are playing shortstop one day and the outfield the next and you're a young player, you know, it makes you think a lot. And I think we think, oh, what's the big deal? You're just playing different positions. But there had to be a mental aspect to his game where he just didn't know on a given day where he was going to play. And that just makes you think a little bit too much uh, when you're in the field and could have taken away from his hitting because he wasn't very good. But he showed in the minor leagues he can hit, and you don't want to dismiss a player after one year. And it's not like he had a lot of uh, years in the minor leagues. He kind of had a rapid ascension. So, uh, But was that a Gabe Kapler thing? Gabe Kapler at certain parts last year was like mad scientist. You never knew what he was going to do. His own players didn't know what he was doing with his lineup. Yeah, well, Kepler's still there, so it's probably going to be the same scenario again this year. And, you know, the opportunity to play shortstop has diminished. They brought in Segura, so he's going to play there every day. Uh, Cesar Hernandez has been good. He's going to play second pretty much every day. Hoskins is at first, so what is he going to do, get some opportunity at third? You could see him in the outfield a little bit based on the way the team is now, but if they bring in Harper, that's really going to diminish his opportunity. All right, let's look at a team that has a similar um, concept, the Tampa Bay Rays. They've got a lot of guys, too. They've got a lot of guys to fill a lot of positions. When you are drafting Phillies and Rays, 
do you avoid them or do you say, look, uh, Tommy Pham is going to play, you know, Segura is going to play. Do you look for certain guys but not others? I mean, like here, they just signed Avisel Garcia. There's no real spot for Avisel Garcia, but he's certainly a talented guy, and they added him. I mean, sometimes I just struggle with these two teams not knowing what to do. Yeah, I think Avisel is going to be their DH. So uh, I did take him recently in the draft championship. It's pretty late, uh, I think, because, you know, once these players are signed, uh, their, their ADPs are low. Like I got him in round 21. So he's going to increase now that he is on a team. And he should hit in the middle of the lineup uh, as well. But, yeah, I mean, we saw the Rays employ a lot of platoons. And that's something you have to be cognizant of when uh, depending on the player on the team. But that's something they're known to do is they will shift guys around, go with the matchups. And when you're in a weekly league, it makes it a little bit more difficult. I'm going to give you a Ray who I like, Adam. And just write it down that Dr. Rota said he liked this guy. All right? Mike Zunino. Going to have a big year. Didn't you say that last year? But I mean it this year. But how many? What's his? I'm gonna tell you why. No, he's from Florida. He's, so what? He's literally. I think he's he went to the University of Florida. He's back in Tampa. There's no pressure on him to do well. I think this guy could jack out 30 home runs. Could he hit 230? If he hits 240 with 30 home runs, you're gonna love him. 208, you're not, you're gonna hate him. But what if he actually hits 240 and hits 30 home runs? Do it's possible. Well, it's going to be hard to hit 30 home runs because catchers don't play that much. I mean, you know, what is he going to play? 120 games? So he's I, just, got, I just think he's got big, he's got big power in he a does, small park he, in a much better division. Where the, I mean, just playing the Orioles a few times will always help your, your stats. Yeah, but the problem is, is the average. I mean, a guy hit 201 last year. His strikeout rate has I'm, been going up. He's I'm a 207 career hitter. I'm hoping for 240. Can I get 240? Uh, it's going to be really tough. He just swings and misses so much, and he hits a lot of fly balls. So that leads to a lot of outs. I just thought when they made the trade for him, it, it just you know how some guys just maybe need to be home. This guy was in the middle of nowhere. He's out in the middle of the Pacific Northwest. This is a dude who's a beach kid. He's from Cape Coral, Florida. The guy likes the weather. He's in Tampa. There's no pressure. Nobody's even watching the games in Tampa except his mother. M- Mama Zunino is the only one out there, dude. Maybe he's playing better. Yeah, I just, yeah I just I worry about that average. And to get a 210 average over 350, 375 at bats really hurts. Really How hurts. much does it hurt? It hurts a lot, man. Hmm. I mean, a, a low 200s, I mean, that is a huge So the drain. problem is his number of bats is going to kill her because he could, put, he could have 400 at bats. Right. And right. then if he's hitting 210, uh, that, that's brutal. And yeah, the power is. In 2017, great. he had 251? Yeah, he had a 355 batting average in balls in play that year. Which in his career mark is 272, and he hits a lot of fly balls. So when you hit that many fly balls, you're going to have a low, lower batting average of balls in play. That's right. He strikes out a ton, doesn't he? A ton, man. I mean, it's just like one every two times up. I mean, think, <laughs> look, he had 20 home runs last year, 44 ribbies. <laughs> That's. Do you know who used to do that? Do you remember the Yankees catcher Mike Stanley used to do that? Yes. Oh yeah. There's a you, 20 home Brander, runs, 37 Curtis Granderson Anderson had a year like yeah. that with the Mets recently. Yeah, yeah, he did. I remember that. He had like it's 27 like, home runs and 40 RBIs. I'm like, really? I'm like, how that's that timely hitting, dude. <laughs> I'm just going to hit solo home runs. Men on base, I'm striking out. Right. I'm well, up with no one on base. I'm going yard. Is Granderson still around? Is he still alive? Uh, I think he – isn't he gone now? Well, no, he played last year, didn't he? He was with the team last year. I don't he's know still, if he's, he's a free agent. Right, he's a free yeah. agent right now. He's like 38, I think. 
Is he, yeah, he's, he's not young. He's not young. But, you know, there's always a spot for guys like that. Let me, uh, let me take, talk about a guy we talked to a little earlier about, Randall Grichuk. It's another guy of the Mike Zanino ilk. Guy can really hit. But do you worry that this guy could hit you 230? Is he, is, does he hurt your average too much to roster? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I've always been a fan, and he's always kind of tempted me. But the bottom line is just that approach at the plate, you're going to be prone to these extensive slumps that are going to take a hit on your average. And, you know, he had 245 last year. And in today's environment, 245 is not terrible. But you just got to worry about the playing time. You know, if he goes through this extended slump, do they bench him? And that's kind of what we've seen. When you look at the games played the last few years, it's been in the 125 range. So, yeah, he's popped 20-plus home runs, but not an asset in batting average. And if you're going to get fewer at-bats and not play all these games, your counting stats are going to suffer. So, there's some potential there. I just wish he could get a little bit more selective at the plate. I think that would really help him because if you're a pitcher and you're facing him, you know you can get him to chase junk outside corner all the time. So there's no reason to groove anything in a zone where he can smash it because he's going to chase. But when he but, gets hot, he does get locked in. Right, but when he gets cold, he gets locked Ooh. out. <laughs> yeah, no, that's for sure. But, you know, it's interesting talking about these two guys, Zunino and Grichuk, and for people out there who play DFS – these are kind of guys I like because you don't really get penalized for strikeouts in some of these leagues. And, you know, Zunino could hit a home run at catcher and it only cost you $2,000 or something like that. It is a cheap source of power, those guys. Yeah, and I think at the catcher position, a lot of times, unless there's a real appetizing matchup, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to find someone that's really cheap that on that day can go yard. And if he has a favorable matchup, especially against the left-hander and a good hitter's park, then you want to go that way. But, yeah, there were a lot of times last year I used Grichuk in DFS when his price was low and he had that streak where he was going well. Yeah, yeah. You, you use him quite a bit because sometimes it takes the sites a little time to raise the price. Speaking of DFS, did you get that uh, text this morning for our friend Willie Walls? Yeah, I did. He's, uh, he's becoming our rich friend in NBA. Exactly, yeah. He's hoping to uh, really hit it big. Are you, uh, are you still playing NBA DFS? Yeah, Absolutely. Every, Yahoo or everything? Yeah, I've been doing Yahoo lately. Uh, I, I like uh, what they've been doing with the uh, no rake uh, on their, their content. How do you make money with that if you, there's no rakes? Or do you not care about the money? You just want everybody to come to use your product? Yeah, they're, they're trying to get people to come use their product. And I think it's worked pretty well. It usually sells out pretty often. It's a 10 max entry. I already put in four for today. Um, it's 10 bucks. So, yeah. But I How's think- their pricing? Is their pricing tight or loose? Um... On the, there's some lower bargains, like Fareed was 10 bucks for a while. They finally raised them. Okafor is uh, – so it's a $200 cap for eight players. Okafor must be a steal. He's 19 right now. Yeah. Okay. So he went up. So even with the 19 bucks, I think he's in play. But like Shabazz is, I think, 12 bucks tonight. Michael Beasley's 10 and he could potentially start tonight. So you could find – but Harden is 64 bucks now out of 200 <laughs> That's crazy, dude. Wait, don't – I remember, was it last year that Russell Westbrook was like 13000 on FanDuel? Do you remember that? Oh, Harden was fourteen on FanDuel the other night. Was he worth it? The other night, yeah, he still had a big game with Chris Paul back um, for sure. And, you know, one of these days he's not going to come through. But uh, it depends on the slate. If there's enough value, you can get him in. And quickly looking at this slate – uh, you might be able to get him in tonight if you want to. But there are some superstars who could be in better spots. But, yeah, we've seen more. Uh, there's been more scratches lately. At least a lot of them have been before the game. We knew about Kyrie Irving before yesterday's game. We know DeRozan is out today. Well, so. that's helpful. That's very helpful. Right. I hate when they do it after. All right, let me ask you this question very quickly because we don't have much time left. 
if I'm the Pelicans, and I know you touched on this in the second hour yesterday, I'm not trading Anthony Davis right now. I'm waiting. Yeah, you probably should wait. Um, obviously, the Celtics cannot make a deal with them right now. Uh, so the Celtics obviously would have an intriguing package of a lot of good young players, but they wouldn't be able to do that to the offseason. You could get like Smart and Tatum from them. Yeah, maybe Ro- Rozier too. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't do any deal until I heard from Danny Ainge. Now, here's the problem is his agent is the same as LeBron's. So you know his agent is looking out for LeBron, and you know LeBron wants Anthony Davis. Right, so then the Lakers are going to have to give up pretty much anything on the roster outside of LeBron. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they'd be asking for Kuzma, Ingram, Ball, Zubac. At a, at a I mean, first. Right. They have to. You have to get a lot. Anthony Davis is one of the top three players, and he can dominate. Right, and he's got another year there. So I, I don't know. Right. If I'm the Lakers, this is my window. The Celtics can't compete. If I overpay now, I, I make it happen. Well, that's why the Lakers want this now, because they know that once Boston comes into it, Boston <laughs> has a lot to give up. They do. All right, what's happening in the second hour, my man? Anybody, anybody interesting on? Yeah, I'll have Greg Jewett from Fantasy Long talking baseball with him. I'll preview the night in NBA DFS as well. Uh, pretty good slate once again, and uh, looking like there's some good plays already out there. Are you excited to talk some golf tomorrow? I want you to study up tonight. Oh, yeah. I'll be watching golf all night. I'll be breaking down video. I'm going to be like Tony <laughs> Romo. <laughs> could, you, could you imagine? Dude, it's the Waste Management Open. I mean, do you know how many people are wasted there? Have you ever seen them play? It's, it's a really good one. People go Is nuts. it really? Oh, it's good. 16th hole, they're all drunk and, and cheering these guys. It's fun. Uh-huh, that, that does sound fun. I like a little rowdiness at a golf event. All right, guys. I'm out of here. Be well and take care. Stay tuned for Adam and hour number two of Scout Fantasy Sports.